Hi everyone, thank you so much for being the loyal listeners of this podcast. My name is Thomas Noto Suaneto, the founder and host of this podcast. For you, the new listeners, this podcast is designed to bring to you candid and constructive discussion on many important international issues from politics, economy, law, security, feminism, and others. And usually it's it's conducted through interviews with uh, so many important and outstanding foreign policy stakeholders from academicians researchers ambassadors diplomats and even young foreign policy analysts or enthusiasts drop me a chat on my linkedin and be connected at thomas notosuaneto and also drop us a message if you have any ideas for the further episodes at foreign policy talks podcast on Instagram. So, enjoy the conversation. Hi, the listeners of Foreign Policy Talks podcast. Thank you so much for joining this episode. So, we know that we've just ended the COP26 in Glasgow, which is a very historical event, talking about climate change, talking about the world commitment to against climate change and uh, you know to have a collective effort in transitioning their economy after hit by the covid pandemic and you know we the cop26 and the result the glasgow climate pact received a wide ranging responses some nations felt disappointed about that some nations felt just okay that it's it's it's, it's a balanced and it's a fair document but we want to hear about indonesia Uh, which is one of the you know crucial actor uh, in terms of climate change and uh, i want to hear from one expert to talk about the outcome of cop26 glasgow in indonesia's climate commitment in general here with me we have kuki suyamun uh, which is the co-founder and executive director of indonesia research institute for decarbonizations or irit so kuki how are you doing i'm doing good thank you so much nato Right. And how about you? I'm I'm doing great, but excited right. to talk about COP26 with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's do that then. So you've just came from Glasgow, right? And now yeah. you're back in Jakarta. Yes. Still in quarantine, though. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for making your time. But uh, what's your role at the COP26 Glasgow? Uh, and in general, what do you think COP26 is very relevant today? Okay. reflection from your participation at the conference all right so i mean like uh, first of all uh, i was part of the indonesian delegation so i was part of the uh, negotiators uh, from indonesia and uh, focusing on the negotiation of article 6 of the paris agreement so the the, the most hype i think <laughs> issues uh, in glasgow and uh, You know, even though I mean I come from non-governmental organization, but in Indonesia, especially the Indonesian delegation, usually we have representative from different uh, organizations, so not only from the government. And I think this is very good also to have different uh, views uh, representing different uh, uh, how do you call it stakeholders, right? And right. The COP 26 itself, uh, I would say, uh, quite an interesting one. 
uh, out of uh, many cops that I've been to, uh, at least the first of all is that, you know, we have all this uh, COVID, uh, how do you call it, protocol. So every morning we have to do the, uh, the antigen uh, test, uh, uh, you know, like uh, self uh, uh, test kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Because if you don't get the 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 negative report, the negative result from from the from your Good. test, then you you won't be uh, accepted to enter the the venue. Basically, that's that's one. Uh, the second one is also uh, in terms of the difference is that we have this leader summit during uh, I think it was. Sunday and Monday, if I'm not mistaken, the first Sunday and Monday, and it was packed basically because you know, like if you have leaders, then you have all the the team, right? A very big team. Uh, not only the the people that you know working on the substance, but also all this, uh, how do you call it, securities, whatever. Uh, but uh, other issues is uh, other things interesting uh, from Glasgow is that the the British government they have quite a lot of uh, how do you call it uh, initiative and and uh, you know diff in different themes like on on transport on energy and others which I myself find it a good way of involving people and really. Uh, how do you call it? Uh, bring the 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 real actions on the ground. So there are a number of of initiative and declaration uh, being uh, prepared and conducted by the British government, uh, basically to lead to this low carbon development and net zero emission. Uh, uh, you know, toward that direction. And another. Things is that you know, uh, even though, uh, as you mentioned earlier, some countries may feel you know a bit uh, disappointed, if I can say. Uh, but uh, you know, this is this is the optimal result that we can get because it was like a process of having almost two hundred parties involved. So can you imagine even if we just two or three uh, persons? Uh, try to agree on what movie to watch it sometimes we take like you know a couple of hours to discuss it uh, and can you imagine having those almost 200 countries uh, <clears throat> in the in the meeting for negotiating uh, more than 20 issues so this is a very complex uh, process uh, but at the end we managed to get a very I should say fair uh, result uh, in general Right. So that's, that's that's my, you know, my my personal views at least. Right, it's very interesting. So Indonesian delegation, we can say it's very inclusive here yeah, by involving NGOs yeah. and other relevant yeah. actors. Oh, yeah. Right, right, and thank you so much for uh, letting us know your impressions on the COP twenty six uh, meeting in general. Mm -hmm. But uh, I want to talk about the outcome. So the, the the conference itself finally ended with a climate pact with a set of uh, carbon market rules associated to Article 6 of Paris Agreement, which has been debated for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did the participating nations agree on this matter? And why is it so difficult to reach the agreement on carbon trade mechanism? 
And if you can share a bit, uh, you know, what are the most debate, uh, debated aspect within this article? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Article 6 of the Paris Agreement itself is basically, you know, if I can say uh, the only article uh, that, uh, how do you call it, uh, uh, addressing the, the cooperation between mm -hmm. parties uh, within the Paris Agreement to achieve the target. So basically to achieve each party uh, NDCs, nationally determined contributions. And in this article, there are three key issues. Basically the first one, uh, we, we usually call it article 6.2, where this is where you have basically to, to work on and to agree on the guidance on how any international cooperation uh, involving transfer of units uh, need to be governed. Uh, and then there is another one, which is the Article 6.4, that basically uh, try to put the rules, modalities, and procedures for activities that will be conducted uh, mostly by private sectors. Uh, and then uh, which will also involve transfer of units or credit or carbon credit. And then uh, the other one, uh, the article 6.8 is basically the only article that has uh, no transfer involved. So, uh, so the first two, uh, 6.2 and 6.4 is basically market-based uh, approaches. In, uh, in that kind of cooperation. Uh, 6.2 also involve a transfer between countries or parties directly, but 6.4 is mostly, uh, you know, the, the role of private sectors uh, is more, uh, if I can say, uh, is much bigger in that one. Uh, and then the 6.8 is basically support from mostly developed countries to developing countries so that the developing countries can uh, do different climate actions, be it mitigation or adaptation. But then if, if it is mitigation, then the, uh, the emission reduction unit uh, will not be transferred. So the emission reduction unit under the 6.8 activities will be used by the host country as, their, as part of their NDC achievement. So that's that's the three issues. So I mean, like when when we are talking about Article Six of the Paris Agreement, uh, in fact, we are talking about three totally different issues, mm -hmm. and that is also the reason why the the process is so complicated, uh, mm -hmm. because you know, like uh, out, uh, everyone agreed from the <clears throat> sorry from the very beginning <clears throat> that uh, the the progress of those three. Uh, if I can say sub agenda, uh, have to be, you know, uh, similar, right? Or at the same pace, basically. Uh, and that is not easy because uh, the mandate is also different. Uh, the first one, as I mentioned earlier, to uh, basically to agree on the guidance on accounting and so on. The second one is more on modalities and procedures, uh, rules, modalities, and procedure of of trans uh, of um, 
carbon credit, uh, basically uh, producing activities. And then the 6.8 is mostly to work on a work program on how those kind of cooperation that uh, involve no transfer can be uh, managed in a way. So, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like uh, what, what have been agreed, uh, basically all the three sub agenda items have been agreed. <clears throat> And surprisingly enough for us, for most of the negotiators, because as you mentioned earlier, we have been working on this issue at least since Paris, after Paris basically, so it's, it's six years now. Uh, and at, when, when I asked, you know, the, others, uh, the other negotiators from other countries also, we were in a way kind of optimistic but uh, with a very low expectation kind of thing. So we were thinking like, we're gonna get a result, but it will be at a very, if I can say superficial kind of thing. But uh, surprisingly enough, what we got is way deeper than what we thought. So uh, for us, it's, it's really like a big uh, you know, surprise also. And, and what are the key issues Basically, the first of all, of course, it's uh, about accounting. So because, you know, the, the 6.2 and 6.4 are involving transfer of units. And there is a big difference between what happened in, in Paris Agreement uh, related to the transfer of unit with what have happened in uh, the Kyoto Protocol. Because in Kyoto Protocol, for example, for a country like Indonesia as a developing countries, at that time, we didn't have any commitment or obligation to reduce emission. So that kind of transfer of unit basically will not affect our reporting. Uh, we, di we didn't even have to write any report related to, uh, you know, or, or how do you call it? Uh, we, we were not uh, held accountable for our emission reduction during the, uh, uh, sorry, the Kyoto Protocol uh, era. But under the Paris Agreement, every party have, every party has that, that uh, <clears throat> commitment, right? Uh, we know it as NDC. So the accounting and any transfer that happened between, let's say two parties, will affect their NDC's achievement. So that is the first issue that the most difficult part of the, the discussion was basically on how to do the accounting, how you do the corresponding adjustment. So how you need to adjust your NDC achievement basically from the host country as well as for, for the country that uh, acquiring the, the emission unit, the, the carbon uh, unit. And then another issue is also, as I mentioned earlier, because we have had uh, CDM, you know, display and development mechanism under the Kyoto Protocol. Uh, one of the key, you know, the most difficult part of the negotiation is also whether we can automatically transfer or not transfer, transition the activity as well as the unit coming from CDM to the one under the Paris Agreement. And at the end, we agreed that we can transfer it, but there is a, a different 
you know, label will be used. For those, there will be a label of pre-2020 units kind of thing. And then the one that originally coming from Article 6 activities uh, will be will not be labeled that way. So it means that, you know, if we are talking about the market itself, then there should be different price, right? Because those that coming from the previous uh, period should be, you know, the price should be lower. Uh, but those that coming from the uh, Paris Agreement era, then it has to have a kind of premium uh, uh, price kind of thing. So yeah, that's basically, and, and another issue on 6.8 is on the governance, the, the institutional setting on how we would like to finalize the, the work program. And uh, at the end, we agreed uh, to have this Glasgow committee uh, to work on the work program uh, for Article 6.8. So that's how it is. Wow, it's good to hear that uh, the COP26 participants agreed on such complex issues uh, within yeah, that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, it's, quite, it's quite tricky, though, if I can say, because uh, it's not purely technical issue. There are quite a lot of uh, technical details in there, but there are also key political uh, issues, right? Like, for example, yeah whether we need to do the adjustment, whether we need to do the transition or not. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, technically we can work on, but with the, we cannot do it without any political decision from the capital, basically. So that, that was the issue why we had like, you, I'm sure that you are aware that the rest of the Paris rules book basically uh, was adopted in Katowice, Right. Uh, and, and it was also expected that Article 6 will be adopted as well because it is part of the Paris rules, rules book. But we, can't, we couldn't do it until uh, this very moment because at that time there are a number of parties, uh, both in Katowice as well as in Madrid, which is the last COP before Glasgow. Uh, some parties are basically, you know, they, they had a very strong position on a certain issues. So, you know, even we, we managed to do things technically to get, uh, you know, uh, let's say middle ground, but at the end, it was basically, uh, you know, uh, we have to throw everything uh, because uh, the capital from those parties said, like, we cannot move any millimeters from our position kind of thing. Right. Very interesting. And I hope the listeners will understand more about Article 6 after listening to this podcast. <laughs> and um, so I watched this six or even seven hours long um, last session of COP negotiation, mm -hmm. uh, which is very, very much interesting uh, when India, backed by China and other major coal producing nations, propose a revision to change uh, phase out into phase down of coal use in a document. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? What was Indonesia's stance on this last minute change? Um, I think, you know, like, uh, first of all, on this issue of phase out and phase down, it's uh, it's tricky, right? Because then, uh, you know, even, even if we say it about phase out at the moment, uh, you know, no country that, that in fact will phase out uh, coal 
like in 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 five years from now. So most of them is also like it's you know uh, basically uh, in a way facing down slowly until zero, right? But mm. uh, you know, like honestly, I don't even know what India means by face down. Whether it will stay, will still have coal in in their in their system forever, or or how is it? It's it's a big question also. On the Indonesian side, I think uh, what is uh, interesting is that even though Indonesia is coal producing nations, uh, we already signed, uh, I, I forget about the name of, of the declaration, but there is a declaration on basically transitioning from coal. And uh, we agreed also, or you know, by signing that, uh, we also uh, accepted that Basically, Indonesia can do, uh, you know, coal freeze out uh, in 2040 uh, with, uh, with a note that this can only be done if we get, you know, support, uh, both uh, financial as well as technical and technological as well as capacity, uh, you know, in terms of knowledge and know-how. From mm. developed countries, so uh, I think we are quite good. Though I mean, like especially in the energy sector, right? Because uh, right now the government, um, I mean the the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Resources, they only they they already have the plan on how to, you know, basically reducing their um, fossil in the in the energy mix especially focusing uh, the first uh, of all focusing on on electricity generation so they have this if i'm not mistaken 2050 uh, uh, you know so uh, there, there will be no more coal in the system of energy uh, in by uh, I, I, no, I i need to remember i think it's by 2050 eight if uh, you know if we do it like uh, in a normal way uh, without early retirement and and everything because uh, the issue of this early retirement is also you know the impact that we uh, not we I mean like the the government or in this case PLN uh, may have to pay a penalty because of uh, you know it's basically a breaking the contract, right? Because the contract already uh, set for, let's say usually if we are talking about um, electricity generators, uh, this uh, coal power plant is 30 years. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, then the last uh, coal to enter the, the Indonesian system, uh, the, the grid uh, will be in 20, 2028, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, without any special treatment, without any support to, to basically uh, tackle the issue of this penalty of, of contract, then, um, you know, uh, uh, organically we can, we can uh, get out of coal in 2058. Right. I'm interested to follow up on that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Indonesia is praised by many uh, of being clear and 
calculative and setting mm -hmm. up its climate goals uh, up to 2060. As you said, mm -hmm. right, uh, mm -hmm. a certain year to stop producing new mm -hmm. coal power plants, for example, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. reducing um, uh, something else. Do you feel optimistic on this ambitious climate agenda? Do you agree that Indonesia is very, very clear on setting up uh, its climate goals? Um, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not familiar with the land use and forestry issue. Uh, so I'm, I cannot say much on that part. Uh, but uh, I know that, for example, the, the government has this 2030 as a target of uh, for Indonesia to be net sink from the forestry issue. So it means that the, the, the emission uh, will be uh, the emission from this uh, forest or land-based sector will be uh, smaller than the uh, potential of sink or, or absorption, right? So that is the, the, the plan in this long-term strategy. So 2013 net sink uh, in the volume uh, forest and land use sector, but on the energy sector, as I already mentioned earlier, uh, you know the the Minister of Energy and Mineral Resources they are working uh, hard on this, and and also uh, there is a, a I think this is a very good initiative and examples also uh, there is a, an initiative called Fire, so it's yeah. Friend of Indonesia. Uh, in renewable energy. So this is where, you know, basically a number of developed countries as well as international organization work together to support Indonesia uh, to in, in the energy to basically to develop the renewable energy so that we can be uh, net zero also in the energy sector. So I'm I'm quite optimistic uh, in the energy sector because I I can talk more on that. Uh, I have very limited knowledge on the forest and land use. And <laughs> right, no problem. And um, uh, I I I'm sure that you have a thought about this, even though that you say you don't have any. Uh, I mean, uh, sufficient. Uh, I mean, you have a limitation to talk about uh, forests <laughs> and land use. But we are now listening to a different implement, uh, different interpretation of zero diversification plans, right? Uh -huh. We all here in Indonesia and, uh, and Indonesian uh, watchers, um, that Indonesia's environment minister publicly stated uh -huh. that Indonesia needs a fair, realistic, and compatible implementation of zero diversification commitment. Uh, what's your reflection on this? Uh, is, is it true that we cannot have a zero devastation uh, per se? Um, I think, you know, uh, it's similar to what happened with the energy sector, right? Mm. Uh, I think it's not the, an issue of we cannot have zero deforestation that, but it's more like we may need more time, right? Because, you know, let's say, um, talk about what happened in, in developed countries, they also had that deforestation like many decades ago. And now as they are moving toward more uh, industry and energy and services, then they don't really need to go to the, uh, you know, deforesting their, their area, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, uh, this is also what happened with Indonesia. And I think this is, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, I think the issue is also on what does it mean by deforestation, right? Whether it's quote unquote, the legal deforestation means like a plan one, because, mm. uh, you know, uh, like it or not, we still need whatever, uh, paper, <laughs> we still need uh, oil from palm oil, for example, or even we gonna need, definitely we will need food, right? So there are uh, ways of planning uh, how you convert the, the land, the land use, right? So I think this is, I, you know, um, I would like to interpret the, the, that statement uh, as what I uh, mentioned earlier. So the, the fair, realistic and compatible implementation of zero deforestation commitment, I think it's more on, you know, like uh, we cannot, we cannot, uh, how do you call it? Like we need to have like a plan, uh, mm. a land use change kind of thing. So uh, because we, we have to accept, right? What happened now is, uh, quite a lot of them are uh, maybe planned, but planned illegally, or there are also unplanned and then at the end becoming legal. So we, we need to have something that that planned and legal and can be uh, basically, you, you can be held accountable, right? Because yeah, yeah. otherwise uh, you're gonna destroy everything. Um, and and somehow you need to have this uh, land use conversion. It's it, the, the issue is on how and you know uh, when and where, I think. Yeah. I, so I joined this briefing session with Minister Siti Nubai and mm-hmm. Glasgow mm-hmm. also uh, last week. Um, and I think uh, what she said is that, and what she interpreted from the zero devastation is mm-hmm. that it should be managed, right? It, it yeah, cannot yeah. be uncontrolled. And I think you you just pick a right point to say that it should be uh, managed, it should be accountable, and it should be measurable as well. Yeah, um, yeah. My last question, uh, mm-hmm. Cookie, before we end this podcast interview, mm-hmm. um, there's some classical pessimistic views on how Indonesia will away from its dirty energy. Uh, but considering Indonesia's commitment uh, in many layers and in many documents about renewable energy in the coming years, do you think our national policies are moving the right direction? And uh, what happened when there is a regime or presidential change in Indonesia? Do you think the commitment will be sustainable in the coming decades? Uh, I think this is why we need like a clear uh law or act on on energy as well because if it is you know below that level then usually with the change of the government then anything can happen so uh, i think this is also the reason why one one of the reasons if i can say why uh, currently the the parliament is also working uh, on this uh, new and re- new and renewable energy bill or act uh, for Indonesia. So, uh, you know, if we have that kind of, as, as the basis, as the legal basis of the renewable energy development, clean and renewable energy development in Indonesia, then, you, you know, like 
it is more if i can say more stable rather than having it at the presidential regulation or the ministerial regulation level so i hope that this uh, the the new law will be uh, issued soon uh, hopefully by the end of this year so that we can really uh, move uh, you know fast enough to catch up with this uh, renewable energy development in indonesia because oh you know uh, i i would say uh, the best way for indonesia is to develop renewable and how do you call it distributed renewable energy rather than having you know centralized uh, a big uh, fossil based energy right so i think distributed or uh, decentralized energy development um, you know power generation is what we need for a country like indonesia Right, very interesting conversation, and uh, we are looking forward to the real implementation of this COP26. Yeah. <laughs> true, what true. And and by the way, even though yeah. we already have the Article Six adopted, there mm -hmm. are still a lot of homework, both uh, at international level, because as I mentioned earlier, even though it's already deeper than what we thought, but there are still a number of details that need to be uh, agreed upon later, but also uh, domestically, I think it's not only in Indonesia, but in any other country also, uh, everyone needs to work on their, uh, their, their regulation, uh, make clear on their NDC uh, and, and decide, you know, basically which type of activities that can go to the market and which type that has to be stay in the country as part of their NDC. So that is very true that, that we still have homework, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're part of the, you're part of the ones that <laughs> do the homework. Yeah, yeah. And for, yeah I'm, I, I should consider myself lucky to have this opportunity though. Mm, right. So we're going to see a COP27 next year, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, okay. hopefully things can move uh, fast enough so that in COP, because before COP, uh, as always, we're going to have this mid-year uh, meeting also, the subsidiary bodies meeting. So mm -hmm. hopefully we, every, every country can move fast enough so that in COP27, we can get real result already, at least part of it, right? Right. So allow me to be a bit naughty. Um, mm -hmm. so just a quick question and maybe you can give a short answer from it. Mm -hmm. um, are you satisfied with President Jokowi's presence and stance in, at the COP26 Glasgow two weeks ago? Okay, like the, the, the statement, I think, you know, it's, it's quite good, even though uh, I, I would say uh, we can give more positive gesture on on you know this the whole conversation yeah mm -hmm. that's that's my my takes on that so satisfied or dissatisfied <laughs> uh, i should say uh, uh i would i would like to get more you like to get more yeah that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm filled to get the uh, the real answer. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Cookie Siamun, once yeah, again for joining us. 
And I believe there are so many young people out there learn a lot from you on COP26 Glasgow and Indonesia's climate commitment. And speak to you again soon in Jakarta and uh, see you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Noto. Thank you so much. Yeah. Stay safe.